Welcome to The Resilient Rainer, the premier podcast focused on mental performance for equestrians and improved horse show performance. Whether you're a rookie rainer or a seasoned competitor, this show is for riders who want to take their skills to the next level and achieve their full potential in the show ring. I'm Nicole Burnett, and I'm a master mindset coach who's obsessed with helping you achieve all those horse dreams you always thought were impossible. Join me each week to develop a show-ready mindset and gain the competitive edge you need to compete with confidence. Hey there, horse world. Welcome back to the podcast. For this week's episode, I recently came across this story, and I just really wanted to share it with you. Just imagine that it's me sharing this story with a friend because I thought it was really cool and I just truly wanted to share it. So this is a story that I stumbled across where it's Warwick Schiller sharing his experience preparing and competing in the 2018 World Equestrian Games for Australia. And he was sharing his experience, particularly through the lens of his mental preparation. And it was just really cool. And there are plenty of case studies out there from top writers sharing about how they prepare for competition and what they do. But this was such a gift because he really shared a lot more in detail. And so it was just really cool. So I'm just imagining that I'm calling up my friend today and being like, oh my gosh, I just I just read the coolest thing. I just found this out. And did you know? And that's how I'm approaching today's episode of, hey guys, this is really cool. And it's just a wonderful peek into both the application of it and how it really is transformative. And I know it has transformed my writing and I know I'm not the only one. So let me tell you about this story. So I will just recount what I read and what I learned from what Warwick Schiller shared about his experience. He started off sharing about how when you are competing with horses, there's so much you can't control, right? You don't get to control who the judge is. You don't control the schedule. And when you get to go, you don't have control over the, you know, the footing in the arena or the weather. You can't control how many other people show up to compete and who's in your class. And, you know, you don't get to control who's riding what horse and you can't control how much they paid for their horse, who they train with. There's so much that's just absolutely not in your control at all. And so what can you control when it comes to a horse show? Because most things you literally have no control over. And it really comes down to that you can control your yourself. You can control your own thoughts and your own actions. And hopefully <laughs> through your own thoughts and actions, you have some sort of control over your horse, right? And to break it down even further, where do our actions come from? Where actions actions all start with a thought. And so really the most important thing when it comes to a horse show is your own thoughts. 
because that is truly the basis of the entirety of your own sphere of control, right? Is that your thoughts come first before you take action. And so your thoughts are the number one thing that is going to determine your success or failure at a show. So when it comes to our thoughts, Warwick Schiller shared that he found there are two scenarios when it comes to your thoughts. And I I tend to agree with this, where he talked about how the first situation is where when you need to focus your thoughts and think about something in particular. And the second situation is where you need to not think about something. So I know that probably sounds a little totally not clear. So let's keep talking about it. So when you are getting ready for a horse show, it's a, there's a good chance you feel nervous, right? You are probably worried that something might go wrong. I mean, that that's what worry is, right? You're worried about something in the future and it's not going the way you want it. So that might be you totally blow a lead change. You are bouncing through your sliding stop. You um, trot out of a rollback. There's, you're feeling anxious and worried about something. And, and Warwick brings up this point that it's okay to have thought like that come up. But what really matters is what do you do with those thoughts? And it's the actions that you take and what you do with those thoughts that will determine your success or failure. And I I really liked what I was reading about that part because that's something that I really believe in and that I have found to be life-changing for me personally is that when I realize that I am not my thoughts, it is so freeing when you realize that your your thoughts are just things that pop up, but you do not have to be your thoughts. You do not have to agree with your thoughts. You don't have to take actions on your thoughts. They're just something that pops up. And a lot of times, particularly, you'll find <laughs> that thoughts that are not very helpful are thoughts that are popping up from your ego trying to protect you. And that's wonderful. Thank you, ego, for trying to protect me. And those thoughts don't have to be truly helpful, right? They're trying to keep you small, keep you safe. For example, if you ever get mad at somebody I'm trying to come up with a really like dramatic example. I don't know. You just found out something that made you really angry and you kind of want to take your, your water glass and throw it and smash it against the wall. Well, that's a thought. But what do you do with that thought? Do you have to agree with it? Do you have to, do you have to throw the water glass just because you're angry? Do you have to yell? Do you have to do anything? All of those are behaviors and actions that you can choose or not choose. That is 100% your choice, the actions that you choose to take from that thought. You can, that thought, does that thought inherently mean anything? Does it inherently mean that you're a good person, a bad person, that you are angry, that you are an angry, terrible person? It doesn't have to mean anything. Anyway, so, but I've definitely found a lot of freedom and a lot more neutrality that is very empowering 
through the recognition that I am not my thoughts and I can choose to react or not react after any given thought. So back to the story. And so before these 2018 games, so Warwick Schiller and his wife, Robin, shared, and so they were competing for the Australian reigning team. They received mental coaching from a mindset coach who's based out of New Zealand, whose name is Jane Pike. And I really agreed with one of the quotes that Warwick attributed to Jane Pike, which is where she says, you can't move away from something. You can only move towards something. And there's a ton of variations on expressing that sentiment. And it is so true. And this, I'm going to share the story that Warwick tells because it made me chuckle and hopefully it makes you laugh out loud too. So if you ask her what she means by that, Warwick says her usual explanation is she will talk about a big blue tree and she'll say, okay, I want you to not picture a big blue tree. I don't want you to picture a big blue tree. And I also don't want you to picture a yellow bird at the top of that big blue tree, right? And while you are not picturing a big blue tree with a yellow bird at the top of it, I want you to not picture some green grass at the foot of the tree. Well, what are you thinking about now? You're totally thinking about the tree, aren't you? You're thinking about a big blue tree with a yellow bird at the top and some green grass at the bottom. After you've gotten through a story like that, there's no way you're thinking about anything else. You can't not think about something. It's just our brains don't work like that. You can only think about something else. You can only give your brain something positive to think about. And this makes me think of how this really came up when I was learning about communication for how you communicate with children. And it's the idea that our brains, it's the same kind of thing where our brains don't understand the word no. Like we really only hear things in the affirmative. And so if you tell your child, don't walk close to the street when you're going down the sidewalk, they will hear walk close to the street or don't hit your brother, hit my brother. Like our brains just don't hear negative. They only hear the affirmative. And so you have to use that to your advantage. You have to give your brain something. You have to substitute in what you want your brain to focus on. So think of something else. It could even be as simple as, all right, we're horse people here on this podcast. Think about your horse. I want you to just feel the softness of their coat as you stroke their shoulder. Feel the smoothness and the silkiness and you can see that color. And if they're a chestnut, you see that bright coppery color, or you might see a black mane on your bay horse, but you see that color, you feel that texture. You can smell that wonderful horsey smell. And as you're having this experience and you're just really vividly imagining your horse in your mind and you're feeling it and smelling it, what you didn't see 
was that big blue tree. Did you, right? And this just shows you how you can't move away or you can't not think about the big blue tree, but you can substitute in something different. You can start thinking about your own horse. You can put in a different mental image, but that's the only way to not think about it is to actively think about something else, to move towards something else. So Warwick was taught this principle and worked on it with Jane Pike. And so in the case of these horse competitions, putting it in the perspective of we have to choose to think about what you want to have happen during your run. What are you moving towards? And we have to really focus on that instead of thinking about what we don't want to have happen, what we're moving away from. And so if you throw in a common situation of a lead change, when you have a thought that comes up of anxiousness and anxiety around that lead change, you want to shift and change your thoughts from, you know, it's going wrong (laughs) and here's all the, so many different ways this is going sideways to what do I need to do to help have a clean lead change? What do I need to do to make it go well? And for Warwick, this was a a combination of really having done the training and the homework at home with this horse and trusting that training, which is absolutely a mental thing. You have to trust the training and mentally rehearsing what he was going to do before the show to ensure a clean lead change. And he said that it was helpful to say these words out loud that, and that really helped him slow down and regain composure. So again, (laughs) visualization, charging in as a pillar of mental performance. And I am glad that I'm not the only one who likes to say things out loud because I love to go find a quiet little corner just by myself because I am the same way. I love to say my visualizations out loud. And I find it really helpful to just, it really grounds me in the moment, the present moment of doing the visualization and slows me down so that I'm truly focused on my visualization instead of something else. But I also like to not feel quite so self-conscious about it. So I like to have a little quiet corner. And I have a quote here of actually what Warwick shared of what this might look like for just a brief moment. So I'll share it. this is for lead change going left to right. I'm going to get straight a little early in the center. Then I'm going to leg yield him off my right leg a touch. So I'm going to leg yield him off my right leg a touch. Keep looking and thinking straight. Then slide my left leg back. And when he changes, then I'm going to slowly look right and start to steer that direction. So I love this too, because it's such a demonstration of how detailed this is. And for visualization to be the most effective, we want it to be detailed. We want it to be down in the weeds, down in the minutia of what are your legs doing? How are you thinking through this maneuver? How are you setting up for it? How are you executing? How are you completing it? All those details need to be thought through, visualized so that 
when you get in the arena, it doesn't feel like the first time you're doing it. So I love that. The other thing that Warwick brought up in his article that he was sharing about his experience was that if you allow your mind to think about what will go wrong, inevitably it will go wrong. And this is so true. I know I have worked hard to really shift my thinking from worrying. And I was working with my business coach recently. And one of the things that he said that really helped his mindset, and this really stuck with me, was that worrying doesn't accomplish anything. And this is such a life-changing perspective that worrying, I need a whole podcast on this, but worrying doesn't change the outcome. It doesn't. Worrying accomplishes absolutely nothing at all. So worrying is not going to change the outcome. It's not. And gosh, what is that pithy phrase? It's where our focus goes, energy flows. And that's basically the idea that Warwick was getting at here is that the more we focus on things that can go wrong, the more likely it is that those things will go wrong. That's where our energy is. That's what we are focused on. And so it is so powerful to shift and change our thoughts and change our perspective, change our focus on what do we want to have help have happen? What do we want as a desired outcome? And the more we focus on that, the more likely that we will have a successful clean run. Okay, back to the story as we're going along. So one of the interesting things that Warwick brought up in this article he was sharing was that he really had practiced over years of competition and reigning was teaching his mind to focus on the desired outcome. So focused on what you want instead of not what you don't want. And that he felt kind of reasonably good about that. That's something he'd, a skill he'd been developing for years, but that for these World Equestrian Games, he learned a new skill and he said this brought him amazing results. And that was the skill of not thinking about anything. And when when I read that, that immediately brought to my mind, my mind just went meditation. <laughs> because that that's a lot of what meditation is, is really just clearing the mind and not thinking about anything. I found it really interesting as someone who regularly practices meditation, yoga, and mindfulness that Warwick brought up that he had spent the earlier part of the year leading up to this competition practicing those skills, practicing meditation, yoga, and mindfulness. And I found it very transformative. And so that really was interesting to me that he actively practiced those. Okay, so when Warwick and his wife Robin went to these games were in North Carolina. And when they got there, I'll give this as kind of a background that both he and Robin thought 217 and a half would be what they and their horse were capable of. 
for, you know, kind of best case scenario. So that's kind of a baseline as we, I finish out this story here. And so during the year, in addition to his meditation, yoga, mindfulness, Jane had coached them on their mindset. They had specific homemade audio tracks that she'd made for them. And then before the World Equestrian Game, she also taught them some breathing techniques. And you know me, you know, I love my breathing techniques. I'm all about it. (laughs) It's my favorite thing. And so Warwick shared that during the days leading up to the main competition, that anytime he got nervous, which again, being nervous is you're not in the present moment. Your mind is busy worrying and thinking ahead about future events. And so he would utilize these breathing techniques and he said his anxiety would just disappear. And so from his perspective, that was really helpful because the horses were good, they were solid. And that was a moment in time where it was just most helpful for him to not think about what they were going to do, to just be in the moment. They've already done the work. Let's not overthink it. And then even in the, so during the first round of individual competition and Warwick said it was the most relaxed he'd ever been showing a horse, just full stop period. And I thought that was so cool. And he said there was even a couple times in the warmup that he felt anxious. So if you ever feel anxious in the warmup, you are not alone. There are people who are competing on an international stage and they are also feeling anxious. <laughs> and as soon as he did the breathing techniques, he would just have a calm, clear focus and the anxiety would just disappear. And I, I've had a similar experience personally when I'm in the warm-up pen, I feel nervous, I do my breathing, and then I just, I feel good. I feel amazing. So it's not just me. It's not just him. And it was Robin too. She had the same experience. And after that first round of individual competition, they did as really as good as they could have hoped. He got a 217, Robin got a 218, and that was absolutely just as good as they thought their horses had it in them. And then they made it back to the semifinals the following day. So the next day, very similar to the first round. And so anytime he felt anxious, he would just focus on his breathing. And he shared that that really took his mind off of the competition, helped him relax, And the really cool thing about the second day and from doing all these mental, the preparation and the breathing is that he said that he never experienced it really just being in the zone. And so I don't know if you guys are familiar with that phrase of being in the zone. It's a pretty common sports phrase where you're just really like everything feels like it's clicking, it's going well, it's just going 
amazing. You're really just in the zone. And he said that during that run, he really felt in the zone. And that was the first time he'd personally experienced that. And he scored a personal best of 220. And Robin came in and got a 220 and a half. And so again, to put it in perspective, they both thought that their horses would top out at 217 and a half. So they're just kicking ass, doing amazing. And I thought this story was just really cool. Just such a testament to the mental side of competing with horses. And the other thing was that Warwick shared that he, he shared that his physical game wasn't as good as it had been. And he was a little rusty after not showing and competing for three years, but he said that his mental game was so much better. It was at a much higher level after the mental coaching he received and all the skills that he gained, his ability, his new ability to not think about anything and really be in the present moment. It did take a lot of work for him, he shared, outside of the show pen to ensure that if he ever had one of those moments of anxiety arise, that he had done all the works that he was mentally prepared to bring himself back down into a calm and a present state. And so I just, I love this story. I think it's so inspiring and I'm so grateful that he shared this story so that people can hear and learn about this from a writer who's competing at the international level that the world equestrian games. So you have writers from around the world competing at this competition and just that it's so inspiring. It really shows that for so many writers that working on your mental side of things is is about the best way to level up your writing because we do so much physically and our technical skills but that truly can only bring us so far. You need that mental, the mental component to take you all the way. You cannot get there without the mental component. It will not happen. It does not work. And so I love his story of just the testament of it is a lot of work and it takes a lot of focus and effort to develop those skills. And just the point too that when you are competing, that everything can feel very heightened. And so working on those skills outside of the show pen in a calmer environment so that you can really master those mental skills and call upon them when you need them. So, and I just love this stuff. I'm all about meditating and breathing. And there's so many different components to the mental game and they really all come together to make such a huge difference. So anyway, so I just really wanted to share that story with you. I thought it was awesome. I hope that you really found that encouraging as both something that is slowly making its way into the equestrian world and as something that is inspiring for you to take some of these techniques and to start learning more about your own mind and how you can integrate that with your body to improve your writing because mastering the mental side will 
absolutely just catapult your writing forward. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so grateful and honored that you would choose to spend your time here today. Drop me a comment. It really helps the podcast if you scroll down, rate it five stars, and leave a little note about something that was interesting to you from today's podcast. So thanks so much. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm so grateful that you chose to spend some of your time today with me. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. And if you want more support to ensure you ride your best at home and at shows, go to NicoleBurnettCoaching.com to get your free copy of Become Unbeatable in the Show Pen, Five Mental Skills Every Rainer Needs to Master. It's a free guide I'm sharing with you on how to develop mental toughness and resilience in the face of adversity to maximize your showing success. Until next time.